Previously on the storyteller Naked Villainy, a woman in love, Brenda's friend reveals the hold her violent husband had over her. She was very attracted to Kit, both physically and intellectually. Yet another sinister instruction to a friend. If anything should happen to her in unusual circumstances, that I should tell the police straight away that her husband would be responsible. And the failure of police when she ran to them for help. It was recorded, but there was no action to protect her. It's taken 45 years to bring a killer to court. And for the first time in UK history, you'll hear the full murder trial and witness justice being done. It was a brutal murder of a brilliant woman who was a rising star in genetic research. It would now be almost like a script from Morse. The investigators swarming over the, the dreaming spires of university land. There was kind of palpable feeling of evil in the air. I was told it was just a massive blood in here. Two decades on from confronting evil. So did you kill your ex-wife Brenda Page? Evil is being confronted by the law. Did you kill her? No. She knew it was coming. He said he was going to kill her. If he killed her, he would do it so that nobody would know. Will his true nature be unmasked? Are you familiar with the tale of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? And can Brenda's own words help secure her killer's fate? A letter of a death foretold. This is the storyteller, Naked Villainy, written, produced and edited by me, Isla Traquair. The picture that was building of Brenda's fear of her husband was undeniable. But the Crown had to do a lot more to prove their case, including filling in evidential blanks of the night of the murder. Remember, there was a special defence of alibi, claiming Kit Harrison had been at home alone. Could the next witness draw doubt on that claim? Retired accountant Heather Hardy, now aged 64, was studying at Aberdeen University in 1978 and frequented the Croft Bar within the Treetops Hotel. The court was shown a panoramic photo of the hotel. It was set off a main road and had a large car park to the front. There was a portico at the main entrance and the Croft Bar was to the left-hand side. Do you recall in 1978 uh, being spoken to by the police regarding uh, something that you saw at the Treetops Hotel? I do, I do. At that time, did your mother have a particular type of motor car? Giving evidence by video link, Mrs Hardy was asked about her mother's car at the time, which was a brown Mini Clubman. For those of you who don't know about this British classic car, the Mini, the original style was famously compact. The Clubman version was almost like an estate version or a saloon in America. And it had two doors at the rear, which opened from the centre out to the sides like a cupboard, rather than the traditional boot or trunk, which opens upward. You're going to put a photograph on the screen. Do you see there are two photographs? Yeah, that's a countryman. Yeah, yeah that's a that countryman the... with the wood. My mother's one was just the, the plain clubman without right. the wood. Okay. 
Were the police interested in something you saw at the Treetops Hotel? Yeah, um, I told them that I'd seen a green, uh, a green countryman. Right. Was that just sim- parked off to the right of the croft? Right. Was that similar to the vehicle we saw in the photographs a moment ago? Well, that's it. Was a countryman, I think, because I remember the countryman always had that wooden surround. Yeah. When was it that you saw this vehicle? Uh, on the way into the croft. Right. And when when was this? What day and date? Oh, uh, I'll have to refer to my witness statement if I can. All right. Okay, so according to my witness statement, it was on Thursday the 13th of July 1978 at about 9.35pm. Right. Thank you. Um, so about 9.35pm on Thursday, 13th July, 1978, you saw a vehicle that, that, that you've described. Is that right? Yes. What colour was it? Green. Was that observed by you on the way into the hotel? Yes. When did, did you leave the hotel, do you recall? Um, my witness statement says it was closing time, so I guess about 11 o'clock. Right. Did you notice the vehicle then or not? Again, according to my witness statement, no, I, I, um, I didn't. I didn't remember if it was there or not. Right, no. Uh, and just, just to confirm, the statement that you gave, is that a statement which was taken on the 3rd of August, 1978, at the Treetops Hotel yes. at 9.40pm. Yes. Thank you. Mrs Hardy was not cross-examined. The next witness was 77-year-old Andrew Slesser, who at one time owned 13 Allen Street. A photograph of the exterior of the building in 1978 was put up on the screens. Do you recognise that as the block of flats which contains 13, uh, the flats at 13 Allen Street in Aberdeen? Yes, ground floor left-hand side. Ground floor left-hand side as we look at it. Okay. The, the next photograph, please. Do you recognise that as a view? Yeah, that's a back garden with the extension. It was, uh, was already there prior to us purchasing the property. Yes, and just so we're, we're clear, the extension you refer to, as we look at the photograph, is just to the right of centre. It's a flat-roofed extension at the back of the building, is that correct? That's right. Thank you. Do you recognise that as the the window of the extension? That's the back window of the extension. Thank you. And the next photograph, please. And that's another view of the top part of the window, which is opened. That's right. It takes you into the back bedroom. Do you recognise that as...? Yep. A photograph of it's the same window. Which was the inside of the window. Okay. Do you recognise that as the common stair? That's the hallway into uh, number 13. Yeah, so uh, we see there's a pint of milk and newspapers on the ground there, is that correct? Yep. Is the front door to that flat just to the left? Just to the left, bottom yes. Bottom of the stairs. Thank you. Do you recognise that as the door leading into the flat? Yeah, the front door, yep. And we can see the milk and papers on the ground there too, is that correct? 
You see that? Yes. Okay, thank you. What the jury may not have been aware of at this point was the significance of the newspaper and pint of milk. These were the crime scene photographs. The milk and paper had been delivered on the morning of the 14th when Brenda had already been dead for some time. The photos they'd been shown of the rear window and door to the flat were covered in dust used to find fingerprints. The photographs are all black and white. We'd later hear Brenda's blood was on the handle of the door. How long did you live in the flat? Oh, gosh. Uh, at a guess, I would say um, four or five years. Right. Okay. Uh, and in 1976, did, did you decide to move to live elsewhere? Yes. Yeah. While you lived there, it was generally a quiet area to live in? Yeah, it was lovely. Did, did you ever have any problems? Nope. And following the flat being placed on the market, did you have a number of people come to view it? Uh, I think overall, maybe two or three. Right. Did they include that someone called Dr. Brenda Page? Yes. Was she interested in purchasing the flat? Uh, very much so. Did she attend? She uh, came down about two or three times. Uh, to the property. Sometimes we had tea and sandwiches as well. And uh, I think a general chit-chat, if you like, between her and my wife the, in the evening. Yeah. Didn't stay late. Yeah. Uh, but she was very much interested. Yes. Did she give any reason why she was moving? No, she was just looking for a flat in Aberdeen. There was no reasons given. Did the flat have any security uh, chains or anything on the front door? Yeah, we, we put on a security chain on the front door, which she uh, did bring up um, on the odd occasion. And, uh, well, prior to us leaving, I took it off. But then again, she noticed that, so I reinstated it when she asked. Right. So I put it back. Right, but did... The security chain on the door appeared to be important to her? Yes, uh, owing to the fact that um, she told us a wee bit about her relationship with her uh, husband and herself. And um, she was having very great problems. What's, what type of problems? I suppose it would be marital problems. Um, she told us she was down in England working and every time she seemed to move into another position in another town, he followed suit. Right. So there was a concern about her husband, is that Oh, correct? yes. Right. And she seemed focused on the security chain in the door, is that right? Yes. Right. Did she ask you to leave th it there or, or beyond noticing it, did she make any express request that it be left? No, she did notice it uh, the first time when she arrived and on the way out. And uh, she said that was... Uh, she made a comment that was good. Right. Okay. I says, fine. So when you... And, and we know she subsequently purchased the flat, is that right? Oh, that's right. And as you were preparing to leave and move your stuff out, 
did you uh, remove the security chain? Yeah, I removed the security chain, and she did notice and asked me if I would put it back, and I said yes, and we put it back. Did she appear annoyed at all that you'd removed no. it? But wanted it back in place, is it? It's back in place. Okay. Was she pleased that it was replaced? Yep. All right, thank you very much. I suppose, Mr Slesser, the obvious question is, if that seemed important to her, why did you take it away? I just got to use it in my own house. Well, the one that, that we purchased in the Bridge of Dawn. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were going to use it in your own house? Yeah. Well, was it a good quality chain? <laughs> yes. And so, if it were used the way one would use a, a door chain, would it be useful in preventing people gaining access if you didn't want them to? I suppose it would be, yes. Did, did the house have a, a telephone line? Yep. Landline? Yes. Okay, thank you. Retired research scientist Professor Ian Booth was the next witness. The 72-year-old got to know Kit through his work. In 1978, were you a research fellow in microbiology at Aberdeen University? I was. And in the course of that work, did you get to know someone by the name of Christopher Harrison, sometimes Kit Harrison? Yes. Would you recognise him if you saw him after all this time? Um, I haven't seen him for almost 50 years, so a little difficult. But Do I you recognise him? Uh, a slightly bigger, bulkier person, perhaps, but right. vaguely familiar. Uh, and who are you referring to? Uh, the gentleman I, here. All right. Did you know uh, Brenda Page? Not very well. I may have met her a couple of times very briefly at parties. Over a period of time, did Mr. or Dr. Harrison visit you uh, at your home? Yes. Uh, and at that time, was, was that in Aberdeen? It was. Yes. Do you recall an, an occasion when he attended at your home uh, and appeared to have locked himself out of his I, own home? I do. Do you remember when that was? Well, I think it's hard to trace back, but I believe in the winter of 76, 77. So the winter of 76 uh, into the new year of 1977 Correct. is your best recollection. When, when did you arrive home? Uh, from work, probably around 6 p.m. And when you arrived home, what did you find? Uh, well, my wife and I both worked in the same place, so we, we walked home together. Uh, and uh, it was just, at that stage, just a normal evening. Uh, Kit Harrison came later. His pattern was to arrive between 7 and 8, or even slightly later. And on this occasion, what did he want? Well, he said that he had locked himself out and that he needed to get in to feed the cat. Right. And um, he, as I recall, proposed to break the window of the kitchen on the ground floor. Right. And um, I was somewhat alarmed um, that he might hurt himself uh, if he did that. Um, and so I told him that when I had been uh, an undergraduate, I had worked in a factory where I was part of the maintenance team, and there I had learned how to take windows apart systematically so you release the pane of glass in its entirety uh, and put it aside. Thank you. 
Thank you. Now, when you say he'd locked himself out, uh, yes. locked himself out of where? Um, well, it's a house somewhere at the top of Rosemount. I, you know, uh, I don't think it's in dispute that it's 12 Mile End Place. Yes, that would be in correct. Aberdeen. Okay. Yes. Was that far from where you were living? Um, it's probably about 800 yards, half a mile. So what then happened? Well, I offered to go with Kit to uh, show him how to take out the window pane. And so we collected a few very basic tools. Um, Kit did not have a jacket, and it was extremely cold. So I loaned him a jacket. And I think I may have also loaned him gloves, but I'm not precise on that point. And then we set off to his house, and we proceeded to take out the window. Um, what type of window was it? It was a classic wooden framed window. I think probably in four panels might have been six, but it was such that if you took out one panel of glass, uh, you were able to reach the catch on the window and open the window. Right. So having arrived at the house and at the window, what happened then? Well, we scraped away the putty around the um, window around the single pane, and then um, used a pair of pliers to pull out the pins that hold the window. There were about six, usually six pins that hold in a window. Uh, we pulled out those and then gently levered the glass out and put it aside. And then Kit uh, leaned in and opened the catch and uh, proceeded to climb into the kitchen himself. Right. What sort of... Uh size of the window was it once it was opened? Not exactly sure. I would say probably from my own experience of the Aberdeen houses, it would be sort of the half window. If you understand by, you know, something about that wide, um, indicating about three and a half feet wide and probably about three feet high. So quite, I think about that size. That's the norm. And. At that time in 1978, was Kit Harrison a slim person or a heavy person? Very slim. Very slim. Do you recognise that as a, an image of Kit Harrison well, he's in years gone by? Uh, and do you recognise who's with him? I have seen pictures of Brenda Page since. I would not have known her then. No. So oh. I, cannot rec I cannot say I would have recognised her had I been told that's... Yes, in terms of Kit Harrison, very distinctly Kit yes. Harrison. Yes. All right, thank you. Did you later learn of the death of Brenda Page? I did. Did you subsequently speak to the police about <coughs> what you've just told us? I did. How did that come about? I had heard a rumour, because there was a lot of talk, um, that um, the assailant had gained entry to her property by removing a pane of glass. I therefore felt that what I knew uh, was potentially relevant to the police investigation. Did you contact the police? I did. And later gave a statement, is that correct? I did. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, am I right in thinking it's Professor Booth? It is now, but it was not at the time. But it is now? Yes. All right. Um, so far as what you have told us is concerned, uh, am I right in thinking that in relation to how to go about this particular exercise, 
that was something that you had knowledge of from a job you'd had in days gone by. Correct. And insofar as what happened is concerned, the pane of glass was removed, the catch was undone. Yes. And then the windows opened. Yes. Is it a kind of sash window? Is that what yes. we're talking about? Yes. And once the sash windows opened, somebody could climb through? Yes. On the occasion that you're talking about, can you recall whether it was you or Dr. Harrison who climbed through? No, it was Dr. Harrison who went through. And so far as the pane of glass that had been removed was concerned, what happened to that? You know, I cannot swear that I know uh, whether we put it back at that time or whether I left that uh, and went home. In so far as putting it back is concerned, would that require to be put back in and then re-putted, basically? Not necessarily. If, uh, the, the whole point of the pins is that um, you, the pins will hold the window and then the putty makes a windproof seal, effectively. That's the re real reason for putty. So if you, if you didn't put the putty back in, it wouldn't be necessarily wind and waterproof? Correct. And on this occasion... From what you've told the ladies and gentlemen, the pins were removed. So if yes. you were putting the window back, the pins would have to be put back in place again. Absolutely. But it is also the case that you don't have to remove all of the pins necessarily. It's possible for you to take out a, a small number and leave a couple that then allow you to slot the window back while you and then hold it in place while you then perhaps put the other pins back. Okay. But w whether that was done on this occasion or not, to say you can't remember. I can't remember. All right. It, in so far as the timing of this is concerned, you've suggested or you've told us that your best recollection it was the winter of 76, 77. Yeah. Could, could it have been earlier in 1976? Uh, and no. And the reason I know that is that um, our relationship with Kit only developed after the summer of 76. So if I was to suggest to you it was in fact the 23rd of June 1976, would you disagree with me? Totally. Okay, thank you very much. Next up was 67-year-old Charles Loney, who was a locksmith in 1978. Uh, am I right in saying that in July of 1978, the police spoke to you about a particular job that you had completed? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and where was that uh, job that... This was Brenda Spears' flat. They referred to his police statement from the time and established he'd changed the cylinder of the lock on the afternoon of June the 29th, 1978. That's two weeks before Brenda was murdered. And he recalled the job as it was his last one before he went on holiday. Was any reason given for that? There was no reason given. What was the nature of this lock? Is it a cylinder lock? It's a cylinder lock. And what does that mean? It's, it's a lock. But it's not, a, not like a mortise lock. It's like a latch. Yeah. That you need a, a key to open it and it's self-locking when you close the door. Yeah. But does that mean that if with a key, you would put the key into the... the the lock and you could turn it from the outside and it would allow entry to the flat, is that correct? That's correct. 
But on leaving the flat, would you need to use a key at all? No. no. So one could enter using a key, uh, but could leave the flat and just open the door and close it, and it would lock if, if it was set that way. Yes, it would. Yeah, thank you. From a security point of view, is a Yale lock or a mortise lock the more secure? A mortise lock's more secure. Thank you. The next witness was Brenda's upstairs neighbour, Anne Burt, now 69, who was shown photographs of the property before the advocate deputy moved on to her interactions with Brenda. I'd only moved in about two months before she died. I see. Now, we know her death was on the 14th of July, 1978, so if we think about that as a point. Did you ever notice anyone uh, at her flat? Yes, when I first moved into the flat, I saw Brenda with um, a meal in the garden, um, having a picnic. Could you describe the male? Well, tall, thin. He wore a bow tie and uh, like a boater type hat. That was, well, the, the only things that would have been noticed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did, did you detect any accent at all? Yes, he spoke with a, an English, well-educated accent. Right. Did, did you know who he was? No, not at that time. So that's an occasion when there was a, they were in the back grass area, is that correct? Yes, yes. And at that time, did they appear to be friendly? Yes. A, a pleasant occasion, as far yes. as you could see. Yes. All right. Was there an occasion when you were disturbed with voices coming from the common lobby? Yes. Now, if we take the picnic episode as a point in time, was it after that? Yes. Yes. All right. And you've explained that you'd only been there two months before Brenda yes. died. Yes. I, I would say the picnic was about the end of May. Right. Around about that time. Now, so. the, this occasion with regard to the voices, when, when was that? 12th. 12th of July. 12th of July. Yes. Right. Okay. What, where were you at the time? I was in the flat upstairs. Right. Were you alone at that time? I was alone, yes. What did you hear? Well, I heard noises. I thought it was maybe the dog from upstairs going up, um, going up the stairs. I'd been in the lobby area of, my, of our flat and I heard voices. And it was um, somebody like pleading with Brenda to let him in. Um, they need something to eat. Was it a male voice? A male voice, yes. Uh, pleading with Brenda to let him in? Yes. Right. Did, did you remain in your flat? Yes. But you heard this? Yes. Okay. Was your flat above Brenda's? Or yes. It was. Right. Uh, you, said something, you said something else. What was that? Let me in be. Sorry? Let me in be. Let me in Please. be. Be. Right which I took as an affectionate term. Yes. Was there any reference to food? Well, I think there was a reference to food. I think, no, I can't remember, but I think it was fish and chips. Fish and chips. Mm -hmm. so you, you seem to remember that there may have been mention of fish and chips. Yes. How loud was this? Well, it was quite loud. 
loud enough for me to hear from inside the flat. How long did this go on for? I think it was about five minutes. And I think she then let him in. Did, did you think anything of it at the time? No, no, not at all, because, well, as I say, I hadn't been there for very long, yeah. so... But do you think it was as long as five minutes that there was pleading to be let in? Yes. Right. So it's not just a, a one request and then go in. No. This went on for five minutes, is that right? Well, as I say, time, I don't know. I really can't. Right. Um, what I would have said in the statement at the time would have been... No. Okay. After whatever period of time it was, did things go quiet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear anything later? Yes, I heard a, a thud and I looked out the bedroom window, which was at the front of the building, and saw a gentleman leaving um, Brenda's flat. Now, the, the thud, do, do you know what caused that? No, I thought it was just a door banging. Right. And then you looked out of your window. Mm -hmm. Does that look onto Allen Street? Yes. And give you a view of the street, as, as we saw from the photographs? Yes, yes. Right? What did you see? I saw a gentleman, who I now know as being Mr Harrison, leaving the flat and heading off to the left. At that time, did, did you live with your husband, Dennis? Yes. And, and sadly, he's no longer with us, yes. is that correct? Was there something which occurred the next night? You've told us about the 12th of July, which I think was a Wednesday, but was there something that happened after that, the next night? No, next night, we just, when we come home from work, we saw Brenda in the garden. She was in the front garden uh, talking to a neighbour. And then we, that's right, we went out at um, all the, it was about after nine, um, Dennis and I. We then went to a friend's flat. We came home at um, about half past 12. Um, it was a very nice evening, starry night. My husband liked to look at the stars. He... Went, we went up to the flat, he went, got his binoculars and he went out in the garden to look at the stars. He would have been there about five minutes. So is that something he did? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Just so we, we get this in, into context, it, the, the next night, that's a Thursday, that would be the 13th of July, is that 13th correct? 13th of July. Yes. Uh, you left your flat at what time do you think? Sorry, what time did we leave? Yes. It was about nine, it was back at nine, nine twenty, okay. something like that. Did you notice anything about Brenda's flat? At nothing, that nothing at all, no. And what time did you return? About twelve thirty, I think. Right. So that's just going into Friday the fourteenth. Yes. Okay. Did you notice anything about Brenda's flat at that time? Nothing at all. Did Did you notice if a light was on, for example? No. My husband, when he was out there... Yeah. Um, well, don't, don't tell us don't, what he said. Okay. We'll, we'll hear about that okay. in another way uh, okay. soon. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Mrs Burt, the 
day that you saw Brenda in the garden mm -hmm. when she was having a picnic with a, a tall, thin man, did you subsequently come to realise that that man was her former husband? Yes. So in May, late May, I think you, you mm -hmm. described it as, she was having a, a picnic with her ex-husband in the garden of 13 Allen Street. Yes, yes. And when we move forward to the 12th of July, the person who you saw leaving 13 Allen Street, leaving the block, presumably, was that also her former yes. husband? Yes. And when you heard the voices on the 12th of July, did you hear both male and female voices, or can you not recall? I can't recall. Right. I think just male voices. All right. But from what you heard, it appeared to be uh, an affectionate name and an affectionate tone. Is that fair? Well, an affectionate name, but I don't think it was quite loud, the conversation. Um, I would, well, I would think... Well, at the time, I thought he was pleading with her to let, her, to let him in. Hmm. Uh, by basically asking, let me in. Yes. Uh, and making some mention of the fact that there was food, you think, perhaps fish and Yes, chips. I think something, yes. And the, the outcome of that appeared to be that he did get in. Mm -hmm. And do you know roughly how long passed between the time of his entry on the 12th of July and the time you heard the door closing? No, sorry. No. No. But was it kind of some time? Yes. It wasn't just yes. a couple of minutes? No, it was a while. A while. Oh. Thank you very much. Do you know if he did, in fact, get in on the 12th of July? Yes, he did get in. How do you know that? I don't... Well, because I saw him leave. Yeah, you saw, you saw him leave the building? Yes. So how do you know he got into Brenda's flat? I just... I Well, at the time, I just presumed he got no, in. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure he got in. I'm not, I'm not criticising no, you, but no. from, I just want to understand, from your perspective, you heard the man pleading to get into yes. Brenda's flat. and I think she'll let him in, and yes. sometime later you heard a thud and you saw him leave the block yes. of flats. Yes. But you can't say whether he was allowed into Brenda's flat as opposed to perhaps staying in the block of flats. No, I would say he was let into the flat. My recollection is that he was let into the flat. Yeah. Uh, and he would have been there a couple of hours, I would think. Yes. But I just want to understand how, why you think that. Is, is it an assumption or do you know he got well, into Well, maybe I, I really can't call. Maybe I wasn't asked the question at the time, but I would, I'm sure the door would have opened and he would have been let in. Yes, but you didn't ever leave your flat. No, I never left the flat. No, I don't all, know. All you can tell us, you heard what went downstairs and what you observed later was Mr yes. Harrison leaving the building. And it's an understandable assumption yes. to make mm -hmm. that he got in but you, you, you don't actually know that yourself, is that right? Well, I would say he was let in, All right. but... All right, that. thank you. This was the conclusion of only the morning of the third day, and you'll have noticed they're racing through the witnesses. This is not uncommon. Small pieces of the jigsaw coming together to make a bigger picture. And later, 
you'll hear a video recording of the last witness's now deceased husband with perhaps one of the most crucial eyewitness accounts of the night she was murdered. In the next episode of The Storyteller Naked Villainy, Kit Harrison's advanced knowledge of DNA. Much of our research thrust was based towards DNA. Brenda's insistence of a promise with her new boyfriend if she was found dead. If it may look like suicide, it was not suicide. And a denial by Brenda's colleague about her impression of Kit. That he was nice, kind and gentle. No, I wasn't happy in his company. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review as it makes a huge difference to guiding people to hearing this important story. This is an entirely independent production and your support is greatly appreciated. And if you want to hear exclusive interviews, longer episodes and insights, please head to the Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. This is a piece of history and you are for the first time in this format witnessing justice being done. <laughs>